Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. some um, practical teaching at the start, and then I will go into, uh, the practical teaching is about the, 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 the game plan, I guess, what we, what we have on the planet at the moment in terms of people and where they sit with God. And, and then I'll go into some of the passion that we have for God. Um, and never used to say, it's all, because I was sucked in by all the all the, all the PR of, you know, uh, old information that salt was bad for your arteries, bad for your heart pressure. But then I'm told by these people with wisdom that you need salt, that I need salt now. So after 50-odd years of no salt and priding myself, no, I don't have salt. <laughs> Why are you having so much salt? <laughs> I love to break addictions off my body. I'm like Paul, I beat my body into submission. I make it a slave to righteousness. I'm into that stuff. Who's into that stuff? Remember as a young kid, I realized one foot was turning in a little bit. I could tell by my barter shoes that the heel was wearing down on one side a little bit. I said, I'm not going to tolerate that. I walk one mile to school. I'm going to walk in the gutter on the side like that. I'm going to change that foot. You will change. Yeah. And after, I don't know, about a year, oh my God, look at my shoes. They're wearing out. Andrew, it's It's something about me that wants to my body will serve the good Lord, and it will serve wisdom, and it will serve the, the optimum plan that God has for me. How? To open their eyes and turn them from darkness. I hope I finished what I was, I was trying to say there. To open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. This is the God-awful truth of the matter, guys, out there in our world. So that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. The natural person is enslaved to the body and its passions. Ephesians 2, 3. Should be taking notes, guys. It belongs to the world. It is in sympathy with the world. James 4, 4. And it rejects the righteous ways of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 2.14, I read the scripture. Basically, the unspiritual person is not able to understand God and his ways, but instead relies on human reasoning or emotions. This is the other type of people the Bible talks about. So two people are typically presented in the Bible, two people... Uh, divided between the two classes. The second one is the spiritual man or woman, identified as the regenerated. Can you just say that word, regenerated? The regenerated person who's received the Holy Spirit and they've been energized, regenerated. 
made alive. They become spiritually minded. Their thoughts begin to think like God. 1 Corinthians 2.11 says, For what man knows, for what man knows the things of a man? For what, for what man? You've you got you to read these scriptures properly, I love it. For, for what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. That's why we, a, a church like this includes the Holy Spirit in our church services, in our way of life, so much. Verse 12, now we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. Who's glad about that? That we may know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but, with the whole, but what the Holy Spirit teaches. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. We live by the Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Uh, I, I, I'll, I'll give some more of that because you need more good news. We know Jesus. We're compared to... We, we're, um, Compelled, I should say, to follow him. Our desires are towards him. We've accepted him by faith, it's true. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says, has imparted to us a new nature. A new nature to know God, to love God, to serve God talks about the divine life. In 2 Peter 1.4 it says, through these he has given us his very great and precious promises. Now this is, this is awesome. So that through them you may participate in the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. We're born again we're renewed in the attitude of our mind. We're new creations. We're recipients of the righteousness of Christ. That's why you can smile and hold your head up before God no matter if you had a bad week or you're having a bad hair day. You can stand before God because it's his righteousness, not yours. You can worship God today. Philippians 3, 9 says, and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of our faith. Is this ringing a bell with anyone? Philippians 3, 10 says, I want to know Christ. Can we say that? I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection, participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. That resurrection power is bringing, bringing life out of death, overcoming all things. Who wants that sort of power? Who wants to go sugar free? You need resurrection power. It's easy when you've got resurrection power. 
Who wants, who, who wants to get rid of addictions? Uh, you can do it with resurrection power. I, I find there's awesome amounts of power to discipline your body. I, I don't know about you. What about you? If I say, I will not watch that, I will not partake of that, I will not eat that, I find immense power within me to abstain from such things, where literally it doesn't tempt me anymore. I don't know why I'm saying that, but that's for someone right there. But if you choose to say, that is unholy, that will defile my body, I don't know what it is, but I have great power to stand on my decision and say, no to that thing, and all of a sudden, I'm walking. You can't stop the birds flying over your head, but you can stop them landing in your hair, amen, especially hair like this. You got, you got to be careful. Hey, hey, Evan, you go. You, you, you can't, anyway. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his re resurrection. Um, then Paul says, the scripture after that says, straining toward the goal, pressing on for that which Christ took hold of me. So he took hold of you, now you're straining towards the goal for that which he took hold of you. He, he, he called you to be saved. He called you to be that man or that woman in God for a reason, to be included in the greatest story ever told, to rescue mankind, to bring them out of darkness into light. He's going to include you. There is no spectators in this. Everyone will be included and it will give glory to God, and it will satisfy your life, and you will love it. You might know it yet, but when you find your sweet spot in God, serving God, doing your bit, doing your bit for God, you're sitting pretty and giving glory to God. Amen? And this is where you get a satisfied life. Straining towards the goal, pressing on, for that which Christ Jesus took a hold of me. But really, there's three kinds of people in the Bible. There's three kinds. There is a delineation between the Christians. When we're saved, we still have the sin nature. It's true. We still have negative inclinations. Galatians 5, 16 and 21 talk about that. The sinful nature still remains within us, and this is the fact. You can't make it good, you got to crucify it. you got to crucify the flesh. This is how we used to talk in old Pentecostal days, wasn't it, uh, Abraham? We, we don't talk like this. We talk about, you know, all these pleasantries, how to beautify your life when there's, you know, really, there's weeds in your garden, there's stuff in your garden, there's corruption in your garden. Sometimes you've got to change all the soil out of your garden. Is that right? You've got to get rid of all the soil. No matter what sort of product you put on it, it doesn't matter. Sinful nature that remains in them cannot be made good. It must be put to death and overcome through the Spirit's power and grace. It's all about grace, guys. He's not trying to beat you into submission. Romans 8.13 says, and if, you're, and if you live according to the flesh... Be careful, guys, if you're thinking of backsliding or living a, you know, just, uh, you know. Uh, if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, you put to death the misdeeds of the body, 
you will live. Verse 14, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Meaning believers that are overcoming and denying themselves. I'm getting somewhere with this, guys. I, I need to get this, through, get this through across. Removing every hindrance of sin, Hebrews 12.1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us resisting temptations, waging war against the sinful nature, crucifying that, that sinful nature, putting it to death, process of self-denial, yielding to the Holy Spirit, allowing for the Holy Spirit, sanctifying work, setting you free in the power of God, becoming spiritual Christians. Say spiritual Christians. Romans 6.13 says, do not offer any part of yourself of sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. I feel like the no salt, no sugar, yeah, more sugar, <laughs> was no salt, but now salt and sugar. I feel like these disciplines are a little bit about um, what's happening in the natural. The Bible says in Corinthians, first the natural, then the spiritual. First the natural, then the spiritual. A lot of old Pentecostal, great people of God, their health was shot. They were way too unhealthy. <laughs> be careful, be careful. And, uh, and, and they were preaching on faith and preaching about living the kingdom lifestyle. But you look at their life, you go, oh my God, they don't look so good. <laughs> and actually a lot of them died way too early. You've got to earth this revelation in, in, the, in the real world. You've got to earth it in your body. First the natural, then the spirit. The spiritual, it says. And I, I feel like these disciplines in my life, I, I feel like they can be done by grace. They can be done by the power of God. Keeping in step with the Spirit, the Bible talks about. Galatians 5.16, so I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. When it says walk in the Bible, um, teachers in the, in, in, in the Bible days, teachers would use walk as, as this. It would imply this lifestyle. May your lifestyle be in the spirit. Not just walking, but, but may your lifestyle, 24-7 lifestyle be in God. Bible talks about lukewarm Christians, uh, worldly Christians, not growing in grace. This is this third type of people I'm talking about. So I talked about the unsaved, the saved, but then I'm delineating how a Christian may be living, which is not what God wants. Uh, worldly Christians, not growing in grace, not growing in understanding, not understanding the full implications of their salvation. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. Paul talks about, and, and he, he says this, he says they're in danger of being led astray from their pure devotion to Christ, 2 Corinthians eleven three, and being more and more conformed to the world, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 
14 to 18 talks about that. They're living in between the kingdom. They're living between God and the world, and now they're like this. They've got one foot in the world, one foot in God. They're actually in the kingdom, saved. That's, that's awesome, but actually they're living a dichotomy of life. They're actually living in the world. Their work is not sanctified. Their work is not, help me guys, their work is not unto the Lord. You go to work and you treat it like a secular thing, but you can go to work and treat your work as a spiritual thing, a divine thing. It's your calling to be at work and be a light. Just because you're a, an air conditioner uh, specialist or, or, or whatever you do, an IT specialist, you don't go there and say, I'm a secular person, I have no influence here, I am trained by the, the, by the academia of, of the... No, you are a God person. You are the light of the world. That, that you, everything you do is giving... The Bible says everything that you do, do it unto the Lord. Everything you do, mow your lawn. Put a smile on your face when you mow that lawn. Your neighbors are watching. <laughs> Is that person a Christian? Oh, I see them every time they mow the lawn. They're so grumpy. Oh, they talk to themselves. That's you speaking in tongues. <laughs> yeah, that guy's crazy. I lived next to him for 10 years. Couldn't get out of sense out of him. But since we have these promises, 2 Corinthians 7.1, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for Christ, for reverence for God. Paul says in the next verse, make room for us, 2 Corinthians 7.2, make room for us in your hearts. I talked about the D group one of the ways that you can restart your spiritual life is declutter your life. So many things trying to, trying to take in the whole world and do the, all the things that the world's asking you to do and you've got no place for God. I mean, I know there's plenty of opportunity out there for your kid to do piano lessons, to do this sport, and now extra tutorage there, and, and, and now we're running around, and we're... <laughs> Poor kid is going, my God, this is a tough life. I'm, I'm all of seven, and man, I'm, I'm, man, I'm under the pump to, to be trained, to be careful to have good time with your kids, special downtime without the digital devices as Pastor Jamie Ball put on a Facebook update. Love that. Put those phones away. Give your time. Give your kids quality time. My dad wasn't able to give me quality time because he was banged up from the war, we found out later. We didn't know it at the time, but he was shut down to talk about a whole, whole range of issues. I was estranged from my father. May your children not be estranged from you. Is that good? Make room. Successful people are passionate people, I said to the D group. Passion. It lets you get up in the morning. Passion. Nothing great is ever accomplished without passion. Say passion. Romans 12, 11 says, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Then I, then I, said, then I, then I said to the D group, what about the great commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second is, is, is like that. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Is that right? But there's, there's passion behind the all, with all your heart, 
with all your soul, with all your, it's just not about, I love God. Wow, that's extreme love. Yeah, I love you, man. Ah, he's awesome. With all your heart. With all your heart. (laughs) With all your soul. With all your mind. With all your strength. All. All or nothing. If you're playing on my team, it's all or nothing. We're going for broke. That's passion in that. All. Not just your heart. Oh, yes. I have, fun, I have genuine sentiments for the Lord. <laughs> genuine. But no, Jesus said, all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. Getting to church, that takes all your strength. Getting your kids to church takes all your strength. Get it. <laughs> all your mind, all your soul, all your strength. This is a determined effort. There's a tide coming against it. I feel like a big salmon sometimes trying to go upstream against the world. <laughs> upstream, I've got to spawn. I've got to get up there and spawn. More souls, more of the kingdom. Got to get up there. Got to pray. Oh, no, no, that's, that's works. Yeah, but there's grace to get there and enjoy yourself. I love doing that. I don't like sitting in couches and I don't like just whatever, whatever. I I like to feel like I'm pressing for the goal that's set before me. I've got a gleam in my eye. Oh, I'm getting too excited. Way too early. Way too early. I talked about we can lose our passion. Lose our passion. Okay, you know that. I'll skip through that. 2 Timothy 1, 6 says, Fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of the hands. I love that last Sunday. People were having their spirit fanned into flame. Their salvation fanned into flame, Katrina. And everyone came away and the reports kept on coming. Oh, we love that. Just like the old days where we could come to the altar and have that gift of salvation fanned into flame through the laying on of hands, through people that are in passion for God, which is our which is our duty as leaders to be on fire for God, to be able to impart and fire you guys up. And people walked away. Julie, you did magnificent. Give Julie a hand. She's she did so good. She's been preaching. She's the best preacher in the house. I said that. You're the best preacher. Jesus said it like this in Matthew 22, 37. He said, the first love. Jesus said, Matthew 22, 37, you're right there. Good stuff, guys. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first. Can I hear the word first? And the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. First in rank. First in value. First means most important. It means the beginning. It's the first move. It's the beginning of a new day. Jesus talks about first in, in, in the Word of God. He talks about first things. Forgive your, forgive your brother be, before. First forgive your brother before you bring uh, a gift to the altar. Absorbed. Say that. Say that for me. Being absorbed in the search for. Who loves searching for stuff? 
I'm a mad searcher. I used to fix motorbikes and stuff, and I was the local mechanic in the boys in, in my hood in growing up. And they would bring me their motorbikes, go karts, paddy bashes, and I would be the mechanic. I was called the mechanic. I, I hope it was for the good reasons. And um, and, uh, and and if I dropped something in the grass, I'd love to. I could spend an hour. My mum said, "Give up on that thing." I still do that. No, I will find it. I, it, it is here. You ask these guys. I will. I'll spend an hour. No problem. I've got that sort of patience to seek and find that which was lost. <laughs> the word seek that Jesus uses is being absorbed in the search for persevering and strenuous effort to obtain, to be constantly seeking after that which is important. To seek means that we earnestly pursue that which God has promised us in order to fulfill our destinies and in just for, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light in your workplace, on the sports field, wherever, and your justice as the noon, noon day. Rest in the Lord, that's what we're doing this year, and wait patiently for him. Do not fret, don't worry, because of what, how you see the wicked prosper. I mentioned the scripture about to open the eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light. Let's back it up one scripture, Acts 26, verse 17, because we're talking about God reprioritizing our life, becoming less distracted, disconnected, dis less discontented, running the race, finding a goal, getting a vision, Serving God's kingdom in whatever capacity you have. Let me just, just give this scripture, Acts 26, 17. This is, this is to Paul. This is Jesus to Paul. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you. I don't know, when I said that, I felt like in context of the message, I will deliver you. I think Jesus is saying to us, I will deliver you from where you live, from the culture in which you live. I will deliver you from the Central Coast culture. I will deliver you from the friends that seemingly, maybe, I'm not saying separate them, but you will be delivered from their influence to make you lackadaisical, lukewarm. Maybe we need to be delivered from some of our culture. Maybe we need, as the Bible says in Corinthians, maybe we need to come out from them and be holy. And not for, I value culture, I love the culture of the Central Coast. But I tell you what, there's a lot of negative stuff. And if you've got discernment, any sort of discernment, a lot of that negativity that is on the coast is absolutely destructive to a kingdom lifestyle. Can I get an amen out of this? Turning up whenever you want, walking out of this church, walking down the next one. Not taking ground. There's people walking out of churches because they're doing building funds, and we're not going to take any uh, do building funds. You know, you know, we're going to go down to this church here. They, they, they just talk about nice stuff, nice stuff, nice stuff. We're not going to we're not going to go to this church. It's all this controversy, controversy. The Israel the, the Israelites were in controversy in the wilderness. Controversy, controversy. But I think we need to be delivered from some of our even our cultural stuff. And I'll deliver you 
to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified, sanctified by faith in me. And 26 verse 19, 26 verse 19, this is the kicker. Therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. The heavenly vision. Now, can I get that diagram up? I think I'll drop it in. I've got a few moments. This is the process of reaching your destiny. And uh, if I could get that diagram up, two little smiley faces. Mm. Can we get that on the big screen, I wonder? Yeah, it's coming. Yeah, it's coming, guys. Let me give you a scripture. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. I'll say it again. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Good works, by the way, is lifestyle again. It's just not about a good work. Yes, they're all good works, the things that you do for God and the church. And, uh, but when it says good works, it's about a whole lifestyle. The good works Paul talks about in the Greek is talking about the way of life that you live, your whole lifestyle. So let's back it up again. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, 24-7 lifestyle, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in it. Now, up in the corner is my future. Let's crunch this. Um, that, that's me in the future. That's the good works. That, that's the lifestyle that God wants me to have in, in, prophetically and that God has ordained for me to live. That's me. That's my preferred future up there. Now, the desire of my heart is what God puts in my heart. There's a line, you can't see it. Help me, give me a, can someone give me a wand? Can you see it, Katrina? Um, this line here, can everyone see it? This is me here in the present. This is C3 Tugra in the present. This is your life now. Now, after all that I've said, I'm hoping that you'll have passion to love the Lord God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. Passion, passion. To seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. Number one, God is number one. And God has a plan for you. God has a plan for this church. God has a plan for this building to be finished. Thank you, Andrew Flaxman. Give him a hand. What an awesome message. We got some passion from Andrew. We're getting passion from me now. It's the desire of my heart, which is good desires. And can I just qualify the desire of your heart scripture? It's not about just anything. It's about sanctified desires. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. So these desires are godly desires that you have for yourself, your family, your loved ones, for this church, for the Central Coast, the nation, the nation's. That desire God's put in your heart, it's passion. That is reaching out to your preferred future. That's reaching out to you. Why? Because you want to see something fulfilled in your life. Amen? This other line coming from that person in the future down, I'm drawing my future towards myself through expectation. How do I do that? Thanksgiving for all that God is doing. I'm thanking him, I'm praying, and I'm pulling back to myself the promises of God that he has for me. My future is coming towards me. 
Now, when I get that loop happening, if I've just got desire and passion, but have no expectation, meaning I don't have true belief, meaning at a cellular level, 100% at a cellular level, it's in my bones what I want for God to do in my life and in my world. If I don't really believe in revival, it's not, it's just, it's just hype. If I just got passion, yeah, God, move, move. But I, if I really don't have expectation of how God's going to move, and I don't bring that in with the power of intentionality, which is what we lack as Christians, meaning moving from the abstract hope to where we are convinced that God wants one thing to be made manifest and we pursue it with resolution. Am I speaking to someone right now? This is about your destiny. This is about your best life. It's 100% certainty. It's like that scripture in Jeremiah. It's like fire shut up in your bones regarding the future of your life, this church, and this world. So what have you got? You've got desire that's going into the future, that's going towards God. You're pulling it back with belief. What's belief? Just praying is not going to make it happen. But if you, if you have a desire and you have expectation, it's cooked. That thing's cooked. And with intentionality, the power of intentionality, now you are giving off these vibes. You are giving off like this sonar. It's like all of a sudden, favor is on you. And you are drawing divine appointments to you. You are, you are pulling towards you the resources that you need, Bill. You are pulling towards you the things that you need to acquire that future. Do you know what I'm saying? So this... This passionate loop of desire, expectation, but with the intentionality to do that which God has asked you to do, to sow a marvelous offering, to pray, to adjust your life, allows you to secure, and it makes a way for you. And actually, God makes a way for you. And when you see that God makes a way for you, I'm wrapping it up now. Whew. What happens, you start putting out a vibe. A vibe is like a sonar, a spiritual sonar. This is the Greek word for searches. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Oh, I've got to drop this in, guys. You put out a sonar, it goes out into the environment, and the, and, the, and the Spirit of favor attracts you to divine appointments, the people, the ideas, the resources that you need that are, that, that, that are necessary to move you towards your future towards the things that God wants to make manifest in your life. Now, here's a little biology lesson. Say the reticular activator. Say reticular activator. It's part of your physiology. It's in your brain. Connects your brain to your eyes. Let me read it. The reticular activator is a part of the brain that stays on alert. Its job is to make you notice some things and ignore other things. Right now, you're ignoring certain things and you're focused on other things. Because if you, if you noticed everything, you'd be just totally distracted. So the brain, there's something in the brain that focuses on the job at hand. That's the work of the reticular activator. That's why motivational speakers talk about it, and, um, business consultants and authors, success books. It's a God thing. That's why it's important to have a clear goal. The reticular activator never sleeps. You, you can use this as a powerful good, in fact. If you give it strong and clear goals as the kingdom or any goal that you have, 
They, they say that the, the brain can only focus on seven or eight things at once. Wow, I'm doing good to focus on more than two. But if you're being bothered by multiple messages, you would be distracted. So your body eliminates the distractions so you can focus on the goal, the vision at hand. The reticular activator allows you to be programmed to notice. You know that song we sing about the cloud, Elijah? Some people can't see that. Like we all got excited about the cloud because we feel that God's moving across the world. We all ended up on the altar. Rachel, I saw you dancing and a couple of Because something was stirring in them. They can see this cloud. The reticular activator allows you to be programmed to notice, to observe that which is most important for the job at hand. What was Joshua told? What was Joshua told? He was told if you meditate on the word day and night, God would so work in his desires that he, God, would clear a path so so he would observe to do. Say observe to do. In his reticular activator, he observes. Joshua 1.8, you will make your way prosperous. Let's back it up. Um, It says, the book of the law will not depart from your mouth. I hope we got the right version for this because this, yes, praise God. Okay, this is it, we're done. God doesn't make you prosperous. You make your way prosperous. God has prosperous plans, but unless you operate with intentionality, you won't get that you won't get that vision. You won't get that thing that God is trying to manifest in your life. The power of intentionality. Joshua 1.8. Here it is, guys. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe, that you may observe, my reticular activator is wired for kingdom, is wired for God, is wired to provide for my family maybe, is wired to do good things. We're all wired. We're all programmed. Some people are programmed in corruptive ways. They're always looking for something that's not good. We can reprogram our mind by saying, God, I seek you first, the kingdom of God. My reticular activator goes, boom, kingdom of God. We're going to notice everything that is pertaining to that vision. Cloud, I see a cloud. Some people say, I don't see a cloud. I hear a sound. I don't hear a sound. Why is that? Some people buy a particular car and all of a sudden they see every model like that car on the road. Is that true? Oh, look, they've got one too. Oh, they've got one too. I thought this was an original. When you're seeking the kingdom, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do, to do according to all that is written in it. And then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. You will observe it. You will make your way prosperous. You will have success as you observe.
We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon. Selfless faith to live like Christ.